The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So um, I thought I'd reflect a little bit more on mindfulness this morning. I'm continuing uh, a thread from last week, wise mindfulness. Last week I kind of explored mindfulness as part of the Eightfold Path as a piece of our our whole journey and as kind of a tool, a key tool for helping us to find our way towards ease and peace in our lives to a release from dukkha, a release from suffering. In the very beginning of the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha says this is the direct path. There is a direct path towards freedom from suffering, towards the ending of despair, grief, sorrow, lamentation, pain. The, the, there's a, a direct path to freedom from suffering. And that direct path is, in, in that sutta, the four, four establishments of mindfulness, the four foundations of mindfulness. And so it's, it's a key on our path, the exploration of mindfulness. And I think one of the main reasons why I mean, mindfulness is a simple kind of normal, natural function of our human experience. It's connected to our capacity to know what's happening while it's happening. Mindfulness is, is that kind of basic capacity. Wise mindfulness is taking that capacity to know what's happening in the present moment and applying it in a particular way. So the, the teaching of the Satipatthana Sutta, the foundations of mindfulness, the establishments of mindfulness, is really a, a kind of a pointing to that perspective. How do we attend to our experience? So this, this normal kind of functioning of our, of our minds, this capacity to know what's happening in our experience while it's happening, is a, is a key for our freedom. And I think a part of the reason, or maybe the main reason, that this ability to know what's happening in our experience is a key to our freedom is because the only thing we can know about our experience actually is our own experience. Whatever we are experiencing, whether it feels internal or external, whatever we are experiencing is a construct of our human system, of our minds, of our bodies. And so while there's a, I think our system does a pretty good job of, um, you know, modeling what's happening out in the world and and giving us the information about what's going on in the world. I I don't think that there's nothing going on in the world and it's all mind. I I think that that uh, there's stuff going on out there. I mean, I actually think you're there in your in your homes. I'm not I'm not like hallucinating this. It's but all that I can know of it all that I can experience is created in my own mind. And that's, you know, that's, um, that's part of the reason why we end up struggling in a way, because, um, you know, the, the, the relationship to what we're experiencing, um, 
you know, we, we take, we take what's happening to be uh, kind of more solid than it actually is. And what we are constructing, what, what we are experiencing is not only what's out there. So, you know, we, we sometimes think about our system being kind of like machines recording, you know, seeing things, hearing things exactly as they're happening. But that's not the way our human system works. Our human system is much more inventive than that. And so beliefs and ideas and views can really shape what we are experiencing. So it's not just that we're seeing what's happening. We're see, you know, there's, we're getting the input from, from the world. And then our views and our beliefs and our ideas are shaping how we experience that. And so that is, um, you know, that's kind of the place where the Buddha encouraged us to begin to be curious with mindfulness. What is the actual experience? Beginning to tease apart the uh, the views and the beliefs and the ideas and the, all of the the conditioning and the perceptions that um, um, that arise in our experience, all of all of the the um, that the ways in which we've been we've met the world and we've been trained to think about the world through our cultures, through our families, through how we've met what what's happened to us. All of that is shaping what's happening to us now in a very dynamic way. And so the, 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 the early in the Satipatthana Sutta, I, I use this phrase in the, in the guided meditation, the Buddha encourages, encourages us to attend to our experience. The, the foundation, the four foundations of mindfulness he describes as um, how, how do we do that? How do we attend to our experience? He says, we attend to the body as a body. We attend to feelings as feelings. We attend to mind states as mind states. And we attend to the, the, the fourth uh, foundation. Uh, the word is dhammas. Um, which has multiple meanings, but um, it, it can mean simply experience, but it also can mean the perspective of the Buddhist teaching. And in a way, that fourth foundation encourages us to look at whatever experience is arising through the perspective of the Buddhist teaching. So seeing the dhammas or experience as dhamma, the truth of uh, the Dhamma is another another way to to um, define the word Dhamma is nature. It's just the the experience of what's happening as a natural unfolding, and so experience as nature, seeing experience as nature. So the the that teaching really, um, you know, the that description of this is how to attend to your experience: the body as a body. Not as my body, but as a body. That's um, not an easy thing to do. <laughs> to to uh, kind of orient in that direction because what we see, I mean, but at the same time, as we start to look at what is this body, you know, what's happening here? What's what's the experience of this this physical being? 
as we explore that, we start to see how much, so as we, if we hold or try to hold that perspective of the body as a body, we, we begin to see how much um, uh, attitudes and views and beliefs we bring to this experience of the body. So it starts to point out to us that we're, we're not always, we're not just looking at our experience simply as uh, experience. We are looking at it through our conditioning. We're looking at it through our habitual ways of meeting experience, a lot of which comes from this perspective of me, of mine, of, of uh, ownership. And so we start to, we, we, you know, holding that perspective, we start to see that piece of our experience, that piece of, of our, uh, um, you know, looking at, oh, this is, well, this is the body. This, okay, can I, can I really just know this, these sensations as sensations? Or is there an overlay? And often there will be an overlay of, of, of views and ideas and, and emotions connected with that. So attending to the body as a body, we explore, well, there's the, the physical sensations. That's, that's what the experience is. And then we also start to see liking and not liking. We start to see um, emotions connected with that. We start to see ideas and views connected with that. All of those things too, those experiences fall into some of the other areas. So there's like in the experience of noticing the body, we may notice a contact and maybe some um, pressure and, you know, tightening or tension in our body. And then there's the, uh, the experience of uh, maybe some unpleasantness that comes with that and a not liking of that unpleasantness, a, a kind of like maybe even an anger that that's happening, a frustration, an irritation. Those experiences, so there's the body, attending to the body as a body, we start to see there's other stuff come, coming in there. And those experiences, the unpleasantness perhaps, you know, there, there can be pleasant experience, unpleasant experience, neutral experience, that's within the domain of feelings. The foundation or the the area of attending to our, our feelings, the attending to feelings as feelings. And so it's not that we like try to isolate our experience and say, it's just the body. You know, it's like, if there's anything else happening, it means I'm doing it wrong. Well, we attend to the body as a body and that highlights, oh, there's feelings here. And then, oh, there's unpleasant happening. Can there be the recognition of unpleasant as unpleasant? Oh, that's unpleasantness happening. This is a human experience. That's another way to frame this sentence. This is really the kind of emphasis I'm going to talk about. This single sentence in the Satipatthana Sutta, or you know, this this uh, attending to the body as a body, feelings as feelings, mind states as mind states, and dhammas as dhammas, or dhammas as nature, experience as nature. Um, 
So the, the, it's, we're, not, we're not saying that when we're experienced, when the, body, the experience of body is happening, that the other things aren't happening, but we're encouraged to kind of recognize, well, there is a body and these are, this is the aspect of the body. And oh, there's feelings too. And this is, this is the feeling part. And that's feelings. It's, it's, you know, the feelings as feelings. That's pleasant as pleasant, unpleasant as unpleasant. As we see unpleasant as unpleasant, we're going to also notice that there's going to be reaction. Oh, there's frustration. There's anger. There's irritation. There's liking. There's pride if it's pleasant. You know, there, there can be a whole range of emotional kind of tones that are uh, influenced by the feeling. When we are not aware of the, the kind of the systems at work, the whole kind of conditioning system at work in our human being that, that tends to, as a body experience arises, the feeling arises, and then we respond to it out of habitual conditioning. We're asked to kind of see all of those as natural arisings, not as me not as who I am, not as mine, but as this is a human experience arising based on conditions. And so I think that it's not directly said in that, um, that sentence, the body as a body, feelings as feelings, mind states as mind states. But what I think that kind of encouragement to explore experience from that perspective helps us to see the conditioning that's at play. So the, the whole way that we're asked to attend in the, the teaching of mindfulness, the, the Buddhist teaching of mindfulness, helps us to start to see that this being is a system. It's a system. And it's a natural system. Even the sense of I am, even that sense, even that, um, ex ex um, that uh, experience, it's mine. This is who I am. Even that is a construction in the mind. It's, it's a habitual construction in the mind, and it actually seems to be a pretty human construction. It's like across the board, all cultures, all, 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 um, all, everywhere on the planet, this construction of the sense of self happens. It is a construction. It's not um, a thing. It's, it's a process. It's a, it's a, um, and what, what we tend to do with that process is to give it, like attribute something to it that it is not. We attribute a stability to it. We attribute a permanence to it. We attribute a, a kind of um, an unchanging nature to it. And that, that actually can catch us up because it, uh, you know, when we, we have a, a kind of a perspective that this is who I am, and that can be helpful at times. That can, that can definitely serve us at times. I'm not saying that the sense of self is, is evil. It, and I'm not saying that identification is wrong or bad. But what I'm saying is we tend to misunderstand it. 
as something that it's not and give it a power actually in attributing a kind of thingness to it we give it a power that um, um, you know it's like when we give it that power it's like this is who I am then we are not um, able to explore the changing nature of our experience as as easily we kind of reify we kind of you know we sink into that that amness and we don't give ourselves the possibility of exploring change as much it's useful to recognize the sense of self as another one of these areas it is a um a mental formation it, it, the sense of self comes into this area of dhammas in the fourth foundation so you know so in this experience that i've just kind of like been exploring and there's some experience in my body in the body there is a, a, a tension and then there's a feeling that's associated with that unpleasant maybe and a um um and and a, an emotional response a an irritation perhaps a, a slight aversion to that that's something in that experience that's happening in each of the first three foundations there's body there's the sensation of tension in the body there's the unpleasant feeling and then there's the irritation the aversion there those are all laid out in the first three foundations and then there's the construction of i'm irritated and you know i'm always irritated and uh, why didn't it work when I did this thing the other day that this isn't happening now? And so that is also, that's another piece of our experience that we're asked to attend to as experience. And that comes into the fourth foundation. The, the fourth foundation has a much broader, it's, it's, it's much more complex in many ways to describe and you know, in, in some t at some point, I'll explore the fourth foundation in more depth in this class. But um, you know, in, in one place it comes in is in the, the, um, the exploration of mental formations, which is talked about in the fourth foundation. Mental formations are any construction in the mind. And the sense of self is described as a mental formation. So that sense of, uh, and all of those thoughts are mental formations. All of those thoughts about, you know, the, 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 you know, why didn't it work when I did this? And, you know, so that, that, all of that is yet more experience arising that should be known. We're not trying to get rid of any experience. We are trying to understand it from this perspective of the body as a body, feelings as feelings, mind states as mind states, and experience as nature. So that, that kind of perspective is the encouragement of wise mindfulness. And what it begins to do as we explore our experience like this, it begins to kind of help us to tease apart those constructions um, that are adding to our suffering, creating our suffering and stress. 
creating suffering and stress in our system. So the, the, the exploration of experience as experience begins to help us to tease apart kind of the experience from kind of reactivity to that experience or um, identification with that experience. And then we can begin to see that reactivity, that identification, yet as another experience. It's just another experience to know when we see reactivity happening. Oh, there's irritation happening. Well, what's that like? Irritation as irritation. Irritation as human experience. Not as a problem. Not as something that has to be fixed or changed, but something that needs to be understood. This, this, this uh, ex- exploration, the, the first noble truth, talks about dukkha, suffering, should be understood. Dukkha is experienced in many different ways. Whenever we're experiencing some kind of struggle or stress or dissatisfaction or irritation or hatred or rage, we are experiencing stress, suffering. We are experiencing that. Whether that experience is related to something that someone else is doing, whether that thing that someone else is doing is ethical or unethical, the the experience of suffering that we're having has been conditioned, created, constructed in our own experience. As, As I started with it, everything that we experience is created here. And in some ways that's good news because, you know, that there's a, there's a way in which, you know, we might feel like, um, you know, somebody in our family or something is uh, making us mad or making us angry or, you know, and it's like, well, they're doing something, you know, they, they may be doing something and then we're taking it in and we're responding, we're reacting. So there's, there's the thing that's happening externally, and then there's how we receive that, how we respond to that, and whether we suffer over it, whether we have extra constriction, or whether we can have a sense of the heart being at ease, the heart having no um, blockages perhaps we have ideas about what it means to be at ease i think you know we we think what it means um is that whatever's happening is okay that's not what it me- ease means because there are definitely things that happen in the world that you know the 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 teachings actually encourage to um you know encourage us to not support not engage in unethical conduct and so if somebody is, is, is engaging in unethical conduct, we may be reacting to that. And some of that reaction may be a hardening of our heart against them. And uh, a, a feeling of, of hatred or rage or anger towards them. 
and that that again that is that is what's arising here and that is what we're asked to know we're not asked to know it so that we don't take action we're not asked to know it just to simply sit back and say oh that's what's happening um we're asked to know it so that we're not adding suffering on top of it so the the and and that we begin to learn how our how our uh, system adds the suffering adds suffering to what's going on so something happens in the world and we react can we know that as a reaction can we know that this is anger arising this is rage arising this is frustration arising those emotions in our experience you know they're arising with um, potentially arising with not it's not simply about anger and rage often it comes connected with a feeling or a sense of self-protection protection of family protection of loved ones a sense of you know care and concern for ourselves and our loved ones who may be harmed and so there is also a piece in there around care and concern that piece can more easily be felt when the heart is not constricted when the heart is not tight so the the encouragement here uh, I, I kind of got into that thread by by pointing to understanding dukkha understanding suffering mindfulness is one of the key tools we have Understanding suffering doesn't mean to think about it. I mean, there can be some reflection about what the conditions, the causes, what's going on. It's not simply, um, you know, it's not absent our reflective capacity. But it also includes, understanding suffering also includes looking at our experience in the moment and understanding how what's happening in this being is contributing to this being stress so that's where mindfulness comes in as we see experience as stressful as we open to oh this is the mind state that's arising there's irritation arising irritation as irritation that uh that begins to um help us to to understand how that irritation is built how that irritation is constructed it sometimes it doesn't feel optional often in the moment you know it's like this thing happened and i'm irritated you know it's like it doesn't feel like i had a choice about that but what mindfulness does is it begins to to help us to get a little more space around these experiences and this perspective of irritation as irritation can also help us to hold it in a different way if if we're not like either taking it personally that 
I'm to blame for this irritation or attributing this irritation to what somebody else did. And the only way I cannot feel irritation is if they stop doing that thing. If, it, it, you know, as long as we're, you know, a, a observing or knowing our irritation from that perspective, we're not going to understand how, how there's a kind of a looping and a creation of that irritation just based on conditioning. It's a rising of nature. It's a rising naturally. And there is, with the ability to kind of hold it with this perspective, oh, there's irritation. That's what it's like to be a human being experiencing irritation. It, uh, I think in the guided meditation, I said it, you know, it kind of creates a, a different feeling. So it, it may sound like, you know, it, knowing irritation as irritation feels just like clinical but it creates a different experience when we can when the when mindfulness can hold irritation as irritation there's a um i use the word intimacy in the, in the in the guided meditation there's a closeness a connection to that experience that's not taking it personally and that feels you know kind of the the reverberations of that. It feels the, the, the reverberations internally and externally, and it understands it as just part of the human conditioning. And that brings in a feeling of compassion, of care, of love for ourselves, and also for others who also experience this. This is, this is one thing that I found so interesting about mindfulness. As I, start to, as I started to really find that, that perspective of, oh, this is anger arising. Oh, this is, this is hatred arising. This is wanting to harm somebody arising. You know, feeling that, not, not you know, berating myself for it, not thinking it was bad that it was arising but just really feeling, wow, this is a human experience. This hatred is a human experience. It created so much compassion, not only for myself, but for the hatred that other people experience. And that this is a human condition. This is human that we experience this. And, and the, 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 it doesn't just stop there because the realization of the humanness of that experience, we feel and recognize what I really saw there is, oh my gosh, look how much suffering is created by this all through the world. The place I can act is to see if I can transform this internally, to change my relationship to this internally. And that change of relationship begins with this different perspective. Oh, this is irritation as human experience. This is anger and hatred as human experience. Looking internally, looking at this experience, this body as a body, feelings as feelings, mind states as mind states, experience as nature, allows us to, I mean, kind of like we're seeing the world reflected through that perspective. And when we see the world and see how much suffering there is in the world, 
our heart begins to open with compassion, not only to our own suffering, but to other suffering. And, and it wants to alleviate that suffering, beginning with transforming our own hearts and minds. So that was a little longer than I thought it would be, but sometimes I get off on threads. So um, just wanted to see if there's any any um, comments or reflections. And um, I think you can unmute yourselves. So you're welcome to unmute yourselves if you'd like to reflect, ask a question, share something, anything. Sheila, oh, hang on a second. Let me see. Can, can others hear Sheila? This has happened again. Hang on a second. Let me try something. I'm not able to hear you, Sheila. So let me see. Try again, Sheila. Oh, I'm still not hearing you. Okay. What I've had to do is exit and come back. I'll be right back. Um, I have to set up somebody else as a... Um, a host as I exit and come back. So I will be right back. 